0: You are listening to the Bank of Marquis Movie
1: Podcast. Almighty Zeus, please hear me and, and answer my prayer. Hercules, how do you become a true
2: hero? Look inside your heart Walt Disney Pictures presents the gladi- gladiator. stronger than ten men and having a devil of a time name is Hades, Lord of the Dead, how you doing? trying to prove himself get ready to rumble my favorite part of the game sudden death This something, come on take off
0: on an epic new adventure i'm
2: right behind you kid i'm way behind you kid featuring a monster cast uh, guys olympus would be that way a hot shot villain i've got 24 hours to get rid of this Uzo, and you are wearing his merchandise and one true hero get out of here! It's the man.
1: Hercules. 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 The myth. I'm an action figure.
2: The movie. <laughs> hey, two thumbs way, way up. Hercules. Well, well. It's a small underworld after all, huh?
0: And that was the trailer for the 1993 Walt Disney animated feature film. Hercules, starring the voices of Tate Donovan, Susan Egan, James Woods, and Danny DeVito. Hi, I'm Andy, and I like movies. All kinds of movies. Movies from old Hollywood. Those are the movies before 1968. Movies from new Hollywood. Those are the movies from 1968 until 2000. And modern Hollywood. Those are the films after the year 2000. And today we will do a new Hollywood film, part of the Disney animation renaissance, Hercules. In 1993, directors John Musker and Ron Clements, fresh off their successes with The Little Mermaid and Aladdin, were asked to select their next project for Disney animation. After looking at over 30 ideas in various stages of development, they selected Treasure Planet, a sci-fi take on Treasure Island. The studio shut them down for various reasons. They would pick it back up and it would be the film that they make after Hercules. But the boys had to find a different project, so they selected Hercules. They were attracted to the mythological aspects of the story and felt that not only hadn't it been done before at Disney, except briefly in the pastoral segment of Fantasia 1940, but it would be great for animation because of its fantasy elements, larger-than-life characters, and strong potential for anachronisms and satirical humor. Most importantly, they saw Hercules as a common man's hero with exciting possibilities because of his demigod, half-man, half-god status. Musker and Clements drew inspiration from classic screwball comedy films directed by Preston Sturgis and Frank Capra with Hercules as the young Jimmy Stewart, And Meg is modeled on Barbara Stanwyck, especially the character she played in The Lady Eve and Meet John Doe. They decided from the inception not to use the obvious choice of traditional Greek instrumentation or musical themes, but rather to incorporate pop and gospel influence into the songs. Clements explains, Gospel music is very exhilarating and it is often associated with hope, idealism, and larger-than-life things. This seemed to be the perfect kind of music for our muses because their traditional role is to tell of the gods' heroic accounts. Composer Alan Menken at first objected to the use of black females as a Greek chorus, finding it too similar to Little Shop of Horrors. He was ultimately convinced by the fact that they sang like a gospel choir instead of a Motown group. Now, Danny DeVito declined to audition for the role of Phil. So Edward Asner, Ernest Borgnine, Bob Hoskins, Joe Pesci, Martin Scorsese, John Rhys Davies, Ray Winstone, Robert De Niro, Peter O'Toole, Jerry Stiller, John Cusack, Mel Brooks, Bill Murray, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Jason Alexander, Al Pacino, and Red Buttons were brought in to read for the part. After Buttons had auditioned, he left stating, I know what you're going to do you're going to give this part to Danny DeVito. Shortly afterwards, the directors approached DeVito at a pasta lunch during the filming of Matilda and convinced DeVito to sign on to the role. Donnie Osman originally auditioned as the speaking voice of the title character, but he was turned down because his voice was considered too deep. He'd later performed the singing voice to Shang in Mulan the following year. The role of Pain was written with Bobcat Goldthwaite in mind, although the actor confessed he still had to audition for the role despite playing himself. Jack Nicholson, Willem Dafoe, and David Bowie were all considered for the voice of Hades. Patrick Stewart was offered the role, but had to turn it down due to a conflict with his Star Trek schedule. John Lithgow was originally cast as Hades and recorded all the dialogue, but it just didn't work, and he was ultimately replaced with James Woods. John Goodman, Jim Belushi, Jeffrey Tambor, Gregory Peck, and Patrick Stewart were all considered for the role of Zeus, but Rip Torn ended up getting the part. Get
2: on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes!
0: Long ago, in
1: the faraway land of ancient Greece, there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes.
0: We start with a low, serious narration by none other than the legendary Charlton Heston.
1: But what is the measure of a true hero?
0: But this being a modern Disney film, we pivot. is. you
1: listen to him? He's making this story sound like some Greek tragedy. Lighten up, dude. We'll take it from here, darling.
0: You go, girl. We start with a gospel musical we number. We are
1: the muses, goddesses of the arts, and proclaimers of heroes. Heroes like Hercules. Honey, you mean Huncules? I'd like to make some sweet music Our with his. Our story actually begins long before Hercules, many eons ago. <laughs>
0: Back when the world was new. Which sets the stage for the story we are about to see. Hey, We then go up into the clouds to Mount Olympus. Hercules' parents, Hera and Zeus, are voiced by veteran film performers Samantha Agar, the female lead in the Rex Harrison, Dr. Dolittle musical, and Rip Torn, the boss in the Men in Black films.
2: Oh, look at this. Look how cute he is. Oh, hey. ah, he's strong. Like his dad. Mm.
0: Into the festivities comes Zeus' brother, Hades. My boy. My little Hercules.
2: How sentimental. You know, I haven't been this choked up since I got a hunk of Musaka caught in my throat, huh?
0: Hades is played wonderfully by veteran serious film actor James Woods.
2: So Hades, you finally made it. Our things in the underworld? Well, they're just fine. You know, a little dark, a little gloomy, and as always, hey, full of dead people. What are you going to do? Oh, there's the little sunspot. Little snoochie.
0: They also noticed something else about
2: Hercules.
0: Hercules is super strong.
2: Join the celebration! (laughs) Love to, babe. But unlike you gods lounging about up here, I regrettably have a full-time gig that you, by the way, so charitably bestowed on me, Zeus. So, can't. Love to, but can't. You want to slow down? You work yourself to death. Work yourself to death.
0: So while Hades plots to overthrow his brother Zeus, let's speak about actor James Woods. Born in Vernal, Utah, in 1947, James Howard Woods grew up in Warwick, Rhode Island, with his mother and stepfather. He graduated from Pilgrim High School in 1965 and earned a scholarship to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, dropping out just before graduation to head to New York to pursue acting. Woods appeared in 36th place before making his Broadway debut in 1970 in The Borstel Boy. He returned to Broadway the following year in The Trial of the Cantonsville Nine and was in the American premiere of Moon Children at the Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. in 1971. That production would then move to Broadway the following year. In 1972, Woods won a Theater World Award for his performance in Moon Children. He then would return to Broadway in 1973 in the original production of Finishing Touches. By the early 1970s, Woods would get small roles in such TV shows as Kojak, The Rockford Files, Welcome Back, Cotter, The Streets of San Francisco, The Rookies and Barnaby Jones, as well as small roles in films like The Way We Were, Night Moves, Raid on Entebbe, The Choir Boys. In 1978, Woods played the husband of Meryl Streep in the critically acclaimed four-episode miniseries Holocaust. In 1979, Woods gained notoriety playing murderer Gregory Powell in The Onion Field, for which he was nominated for Best Actor from the Golden Globes, the National Society of Film Critics, and the New York Film Critics Association. He would do two episodes of the TV series The Young Maverick and would appear in better roles in movies such as The Black Marble, Eyewitness, and Split Image. In 1984, he would take on one of the co-leads in Against All Odds, opposite Jeff Bridges and Rachel Ward, and then would star opposite Robert De Niro in Sergi Leone's epic Once Upon a Time in America. Next up would be... Oliver Stone's Salvador, where Woods would be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor. In 1987, Woods won his first Primetime Emmy Award for his role as a disabled man in the made-for-television film Promise. In 1989, Woods won his second Primetime Emmy Award for his role as the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous in the made-for-television drama My Name is Bill W., co-starring James Gardner and Gary Sinise. In 1988, he would be in The Boost, which got mixed reviews, but he was praised for his performance. He would do a voice shot on The Simpsons in 1994, and would have a minor role in Martin Scorsese's Casino in 1995. He would play H.R. Haldeman in Oliver Stone's Nixon, and would play white supremacist Byron de la Beckwith in Rob Reiner's Ghosts of Mississippi in 1996. In 1997, he would use his fast-talking speech patterns to voice one of the best Disney villains of all time, Hades, in Hercules. Also in 1997, he was in Contact and would voice Hades in 30 episodes of Hercules, the TV series on the Disney Channel. In 1999, he appeared in the film True Crime, The Virgin Suicides, and The General's Daughter, as well as Any Given Sunday. In the 2000s, he played Father McFeely in Scary Movie 2, was in the Denzel Washington film John Q, did the voice of a falcon in Stuart Little 2, and was in the Get Shorty sequel Be Cool in 2005. From 2006 to 2008, Wood starred in the CBS legal drama Shark and would do guest appearances in Odd Job Jack, ER, and Entourage. He would do a voice in the animated film Surf's Up, and would appear in 2011 in the HBO film Too Big to Fail, in which he played Lehman Brothers CEO Richard S. Fold. He played Jack Dudman in Jobs in 2013, Walker in White House Down, a pretty good actioner, actually, did eight episodes of Family Guy, and served as an executive producer on Christopher Nolan's biographical thriller *Oppenheimer* in 2023. An avid poker player, Woods has won over 80 tournaments and finished in 7th place at the 2015 World Series of Poker.
1: What is it? <gasps> the baby!
0: Hades has his minions, Pain and Panic, Bobcat Goldthwaite and Matt Frewer, kidnap Hercules and turn him mortal. For it was foretold by the fates that if Hercules would fight against Hades, his attempt to overthrow his brother will fail. Let's
1: just kill the kid and get it over with. Here you go, kid. A little
0: formula. They give the young Hercules a potion that will turn him mortal. Of course, he doesn't drink the whole potion. He's got one drop to go when pain and panic are interrupted by an older Greek couple who will become Hercules' earthbound parents, voiced by veteran film and stage actors Hal Hoberg and Barbara Berry. Now, Disney wasn't kidding around when it came to hiring quality actors to do the voice work in this film, no matter how big or small the part.
1: It was tragic. Zeus led all the gods on a frantic search. But by the time they found the baby, it was too late. Young Herc was mortal now. But
2: since you did not drink the last drop, he still retains his godlike strength, so thank his
0: lucky star. It, girl. So Hercules has to leave Olympus and is raised by this older couple. With some side effects of Hercules being a former god.
1: Hercules, down!
0: The young Hercules is voiced by Josh Keaton.
1: Oh, oh. Sorry, guys. Hey, watch where you're going, dragon!
0: Hercules' strength sometimes gets him in trouble.
1: Now, Hercules, this time, please. Just I know, I know. Stay by the cart. That's my boy.
0: And this is one such time. Heads up! I I got it. No,
1: stop! Uh. Oh. Oh, oh, oh no. It's okay. Uh, oh. Oh.
0: He is ostracized by his own people.
2: Nice catch, Jercules. This is the last straw, Amphitryon! That boy is a menace. He's too dangerous to be around
1: normal people.
0: Hercules walks away dejected.
1: Pop, they're right. I I am a freak. I I try to fit in. I I really do.
0: He sings his I Want song.
1: I have often dreamed
2: of a far-off place Where a great, warm welcome will be waiting
0: for me the young Hercules singing voice is Roger Bart, who would go on to become a Broadway
1: legend.
2: I can go the distance, I'll be there someday, if I can be strong.
0: Now this song is composed by the legendary Alan Menken, who has penned many a Broadway and Disney tune. So let's speak about Alan Menken. Winner of eight Oscars, Alan Irwin Menken was born on July 22, 1949, in Manhattan in New York City. His father was a boogie-woogie piano-playing dentist, and his mother was an actress, dancer, and playwright. Menken developed an interest in music at an early age, taking piano and violin lessons. He also began to compose at an early age. At the age of nine, at the New York Federation of Music Club's Junior Composers' Contest, his original composition, Boré, was rated superior and excellent by the judges. Mencken attended New Rochelle High School and had dreams of being the next Bob Dylan. He would enroll in New York University and would graduate with a degree in music after first being pre-med, thinking that perhaps he would be a dentist like his father. So after graduation, Mencken's plan was to become either a rock star or a recording artist. He joined the Broadcast Music Theater Workshop and showcased various BMI workshop works such as Midnight, Apartment House, Conversations with Pierre, Harry the Rat, and Messiah on Mott Street. During that time, Mencken said that he worked as a ballet and modern dance accompanist, a musical director for Club Acts, a jingle writer, a ranger, a songwriter for Sesame Street, and a vocal coach. Macon would soon be contributing materials to reviews like New York's Back in Town, Big Apple Country, The Present Tense, Real Life Funnies, Diamonds, and Personal. His review, Patch, 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 ran at the West Bank Cafe in New York City. He wrote several musicals that were never produced, including The Dream in Royal Street, which was a musical adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mencken finally achieved success as a composer when playwright Howard Ashman chose him to write the music for his musical adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel, God Bless You Mr. Rosewater. The musical opened in 1975 to excellent reviews. In 1982, Mencken and Ashman wrote Little Shop of Horrors, which is based on the 1960 Roger Corman black comedy of the same name. It opened to warm reviews and moved to Off-Broadway's Orpheum Theater in the East Village, where it ran for five years and I saw that original production. The musical set the box office record for the highest-grossing off-Broadway show of all time. It toured around the world, won theater awards, and was adapted as a 1986 musical starring Rick Moranis that earned Mankin and Ashman their first Oscar nomination for the song Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Mankin's musical, based on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, opened at Madison Square Garden's Paramount Theater in 1994. The show proved successful and was an annual New York holiday event. On the strength of Little Shop of Horrors, Mencken and Ashman were hired by Walt Disney Studios to write the music for The Little Mermaid. This film gave Ashman and Mencken their first Oscar for best song for Under the Sea. Mencken also won the 1989 Oscar for Best Score. In 1991, Mencken and Ashman wrote the music for Disney's animated Beauty and the Beast, which garnered them three Oscar nominations, winning for the title song. Mencken also won for Best Score. The two were working on Aladdin at the time of Ashman's death in 1991. Mencken would finish Aladdin with Tim Rice, who was then working on The Lion King. Aladdin won an Oscar in 1992 for Best Song for A Whole New World. Mencken also won the Oscar for Best Score. In 1992, Mencken's live-action musical film Newsies was released. By this point, Disney was using Mencken as much as possible, and he cranked out musical films such as Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Hercules. Mencken also wrote the music for the Michael J. Fox movie Life with Mikey, the holiday film Noelle, and Mirror Mirror. His other film scores for Disney have included Home on the Range, the Tim Allen remake of the Shaggy Dog, Enchanted, and Tangled. A winner of eight Academy Awards, only composer Alfred Newman with nine, art director Cedric Gibbons with 11, and Walt Disney himself with 22, have received more Oscars than Mencken. He's currently tied for fourth place with late costume designer Edith Head. Mencken debuted on Broadway with a musical theater adaptation of Beauty and the Beast in 1994 which ran for 13 years. In 1997, he collaborated with Tim Rice on the musical King David based on the biblical character. He next created the stage version of The Little Mermaid and the stage adaptation of the Whoopi Goldberg hit film Sister Act. In 2012, Macon won a Tony Award for best score for his musical adaptation of Newsies. He also wrote the music for Leap of Faith, which had a brief run on Broadway. His stage adaptation of Aladdin opened on Broadway in 2014. And Macon is currently working on stage musical adaptations of Night at the Museum and Animal Farm. And he co-composed the score for a musical television series called Gallivant. Macon has been married to ballet dancer Janice Roswick since 1972. And they live in North Salem, New York with their two daughters. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you sure this is the right place? <laughs>
0: Hercules discovers that he is the son of Zeus, who reunites him with his flying horse, Pegasus, and must prove himself a hero in order to be allowed back into Olympus.
1: What's the matter, little guy? You stuck? Whoa! Hey, what out, buddy!
0: He is instructed to find Philatetes, who can help him train to be a hero. What's the matter? You never seen a Seda before? Uh, no. Phil is voiced by Danny DeVito.
1: Animals! Disgusting! I I need your help. I want to become a hero, a true hero. Sorry, kid, can't help you. (laughs) Wait.
0: (sharp) But Hercules persists.
1: But I'm different than those other guys, Phil. I can go the distance. Come on, I'll show you.
2: (laughs) Jeez, you don't give up, do you? (sharp) Watch this. (sharp) 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 Holy Hera! You know, maybe if uh... (sharp) I. Of it. I'm too old to get mixed up in this stuff again.
1: But if I don't become a true hero, I'll never be able to rejoin my father, Zeus.
0: So while Phil sings about the drive needed to become a hero, let's speak about Danny DeVito. An actor, producer, and director of stage, film, and television, Daniel Michael DeVito Jr. was born in Neptune, New Jersey on November 17, 1944. He was raised in Asbury Park, New Jersey and lived a few miles away from the original Jersey Mike's location and would eat there frequently, which would inspire him to become the sub shop's first celebrity spokesman in a line of commercials that began in September 2022. While working as a beautician at his sister's salon, his search for a professional makeup instructor led him to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts he graduated in 1966. DeVito started his career acting off-Broadway in the plays Shoot Anything With Hair That Moves, The Man With the Flower in His Mouth, and then played Martini in the 1975 film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a role which he reprised from the 1971 off-Broadway play of the same title. Other early film roles include Lady Liberty in 1971, Hurry Up or I'll Be 30, in 1973, and Deadly Hero in 1975. Minor TV roles included stints on Starsky and Hutch, Angie, and Policewoman, as well as small roles in films such as Car Wash, The World's Greatest Lover, Going South, and The Gong Show movie. In 1978, DeVito skyrocketed to fame playing Louis De Palma on the hit TV show, Taxi. For his performance, he received a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporter Actor in a Comedy Series and a Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor. After his time on Taxi, DeVito devoted most of his effort on growing a successful film career, He made his directorial debut in 1984 with the rating game in 1986 he directed and starred in the black comedy the wedding ring a season two episode of steven spielberg's anthology series amazing stories that same year devito also voiced the grendel king in my little pony the movie he took a supporting role in the james l brooks comedy drama terms of endearment a film that won the academy award for best picture He was in the dark comedy Tin Men in 1987 and teamed up with Billy Crystal for a remake of the Alfred Hitchcock classic Strangers on a Train called Throw Mama from the Train. The following year, he would team up with Arnold Schwarzenegger as twins. Two years later, he directed and co-starred in the very dark comedy The War of the Roses. In 1991, he was in Other People's Money, and in 92, he played the Penguin in Batman Returns. He would direct and co-star in Hoffa opposite Jack Nicholson, played John Leary in Jack the Bear, did a voice in Look Who's Talking Now, and was in the Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy, Junior. In 1995, DeVito appeared in the gangster comedy Get Shorty, and then directed Matilda, a film adaptation of Roald Dahl's classic children's novel of the same name. He appeared in the Looney Tunes live-action animated sports comedy Space Jam and then reunited with his friend Tim Burton for the science fiction comedy Mars Attacks starring Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Martin Short, Natalie Portman, and DeVito. It was awful. In 1997, he was in the Academy Award-winning film L.A. Confidential before voicing the character of Phil in Hercules. In 1997, he was in an adaptation of the John Grisham novel The Rainmaker and then was in Living Out Loud, The Virgin Suicide, The Big Kahuna, and produced and co-starred in the biographical drama film Man on the Moon, a film about the unusual life of his former taxi co-star, Andy Kaufman portrayed by Jim Carrey he was in another dark comedy called Death to Smoochie played a version of mini me in Austin Powers and Goldmember was in a couple episodes of the underrated and canceled before its time Karen Sisko in 2003 was Amos Calloway in the wonderful Big Fish in 2003 was in the get shorty sequel be cool in 2005 And in 2006, he joined the cast of the FX sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. His character was introduced at the beginning of season two and has been on that show off and on to this day, thus far appearing in 161 episodes. Wow. He starred opposite Matthew Broderick in the comedy Deck the Halls, was in Solitary Man, was the voice of the Lorax in The Lorax in 2012, played Homer Simpson's long-lost brother, Herb Powell, in three episodes of The Simpsons, was in Wiener Dog, Curmudgeons, Animal Crackers, two episodes of the TV series The Kaminsky Method, the very bad Tim Burton remake of Dumbo, Jumanji, The Next Level in 2019, Opposite the Rock, History of the World Part Two in 2023, Disney's Haunted Mansion movie later on in 2023, and is the voice of Uncle Dan in the animated film Migration. And currently, he has two more episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and is in production with the film Sniff.
2: And by the way, sweet cheeks, I'm real, too.
0: During the training montage, Hercules grows up and is now voiced by Tate Donovan.
2: How was that, Phil? Reign it in, rookie! You can get away with mistakes like those in the minor decathlons, but this is the big leap.
0: Phil and Hercules head to a damsel in distress, who didn't really need his help. Are you, uh, all right, miss? Uh...
1: Megara. My friends call me Meg, at least they would if I had any friends.
0: This is Megara, voiced perfectly by Susan Egan. So,
1: <laughs> did they give you a name along with all those rippling pectorals?
0: Uh... Uh, I'm, um... uh,
1: Are you always this articulate?
0: Hercules! My my name is Hercules. Hercules?
1: I think I prefer Wonder Boy.
0: So, Meg leaves.
1: Well, you know how men are. They think no means yes, and get lost means take me, I'm yours. (laughs) Don't worry, Shorty here can explain it to you later. Well, thanks for everything, Herc. It's been a real slice.
0: Meg has a secret.
1: Oh, how cute. A couple of rodents looking for a theme park.
0: She that is indebted to Hades. Meg.
1: Speak of the devil.
0: Meg, my little flower, my little bird, my little nut,
2: Meg. What exactly happened here? I thought you were going to persuade the River Guardian to join my team for the uprising, and here I am kind of River Guardian-less.
0: I Meg tells Hades that some that young kid named Hercules jumped into the head. middle of things. I
1: Look, it wasn't my fault. It was this Wonder Boy Hercules. Hercules.
0: Hades has heard that name before.
1: What
2: was that name again?
1: Hercules. <laughs> he comes on with his big innocent farm boy routine, but I could see through that in a Peloponnesian minute. Wait a minute.
0: Pain and panic are in deep doo doo with Hades.
2: Run for it! <laughs> so you took care of him, huh? Dead as a doornail. Weren't those your.
1: exact <laughs>
2: Words.
1: This Might be a different Hercules. Yeah, I mean Hercules is a together name nowadays. Remember
2: like a few years ago every other boy was named Jason and the girls were all named Brittany. I'm about to rearrange the cosmos. And the one who be who can lose it up is wossing around in the life.
0: Now the animation of Hades in this film is phenomenal.
2: Fortunately for the three of you, we still have time to correct this rather egregious oversight. And this time, no foul-ups.
0: Phil and Hercules heads into Thebes to make Hercules a hero.
2: Is that all one town? One town, a million troubles. The one and only Thebes. The big olive itself.
0: We then get a pretty fun action sequence where Hercules establishes himself as a thorn in side and a genuine hero. Much to Haiti's chagrin and Meg's surprise. So while this is going on, let's take us… an intermission.
2: Let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Settle back now, content, comfortable, well fed, and ready for some fine entertainment. Is everybody happy? Then let's go. It's showtime.
1: From that day forward, our boy Hercules could do no wrong. He was so hot. And we're back. team looked cool. Ah, oh, yeah. Bless my soul. Kirk was on a road. Person of the weekend.
0: We are treated to another fun song and a hero montage for Hercules. So while this is playing in the background, let's talk about directors Ron Clements and John Musker. John Musker and Ron Clements have directed six Disney movies together. So I'll talk about each one separately before their lives and this bio is combined when they started working together. So Ronald Francis Clements was born on April 25, 1953 in Sioux City, Iowa. Clements began his career as an animator for Hanna-Barbera. After a few months there, he was accepted into Disney's Talent Development Program, an animator training ground and workshop. After that, he served a two-year apprenticeship with famed animator Frank Thomas. Clements made his feature debut as a character animator on The Rescuers and Pete's Dragon in 1977. In 1981, he became the supervising animator on The Fox and the Hound, and future partner John Musker worked as a character animator under him. And Clements and Musker teamed up as story artists on The Black Cauldron. In 1982, Clements proposed adapting the children's book Basil of Baker Street into an animated feature and along with story artist Pete Young, it was pitched to Ron Miller, then the Disney CEO. Basil of Baker Street was approved, and Musker and Bernie Mattinson were assigned as the original directors. Basil of Baker Street would become the Disney animated film, The Great Mouse Detective. John Musker was born on November 8, 1953 in Chicago. He attended Loyola Academy in Illinois and then graduated from the Weinberg College of Arts and Sciences at Northwestern University, where he majored in English and drew cartoons for the Daily Northwestern. After that, he obtained his Master of Fine Arts at CalArts in Santa Clarita, California. He also then served a two-year apprenticeship with famed animator Frank Thomas and met Clements during the production of The Fox and the Hound in 1981. While working on The Great Mouse Detective, newly appointed Disney CEO and Chairman Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg issued invitations to the animation staff for their first held gong show session. Clements pitched an adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid and a high concept idea of treasure island in space. These both were rejected. The next morning, Katzenberg approached Clements and asked him to expand his initial treatment. In 1986, Musker joined Clements in expanding the original treatment into a 20-page rough script and were later joined by off-Broadway musical composers Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. Released in November 1989, The Little Mermaid was praised as a milestone in the rebirth of Disney animation. From there, they pretty much could write their own ticket. So they directed for Disney, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Musker and Clements have been nominated for two Academy Awards. In 2010, for Best Animated Feature Film of the Year, for The Princess and the Frog, and in 2017, for Moana. He's
2: got to have a weakness, because everybody's got a weakness. I mean, for what, Pandora? It was the box thing. For the Trojans, hey, they bet on the wrong horse, okay? We simply need to find out
1: wonder boys
0: hades continues to plot
2: they couldn't handle him as a baby i need somebody who can
0: handle him as a man
1: hey i've sworn off manhandling
0: hades sends megan to deal with hercules gee it's great to see you i i i missed you
1: so this is what heroes do on their days off <laughs> yeah. they
0: spend an afternoon together alone <laughs> wow what a day First that restaurant by the bay, mm. and then that, that play, that, that that Oedipus thing? Man, I thought I had problems. <laughs> uh, I didn't know
2: that playing hooky could be so much fun.
1: Yeah, neither did I. Thanks, Meg. Oh, don't thank me just yet.
0: Meg tries to figure out Hercules' weakness.
1: Weak ankles? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you better sit down for a while. So, uh, do you have any problems with things like this?
0: Meg starts falling for Hercules, who has fallen for her. Meg, when I'm with you, I, I don't feel so alone. Sometimes it's
1: better to be alone. What do you mean? Nobody can hurt you.
0: Phil comes and takes Hercules back to training.
1: Right, break it up! Break it up!
2: Looking all over
0: this now. After Hercules leaves with Pegasus and Phil, Meg sings one of the best songs ever in Disney animated film history, at least in my opinion. I won't say I'm in love.
1: If there's a prize for rotten judgment, I guess I've already won, but no man is worth the aggravation. That's ancient history, been there, done
0: that. who you think you So while this song goes on, let's speak about the voices of Hercules and Meg, Tate Donovan, and Susan Egan. Tall and handsome, Tate Buckley Donovan, is one of those that-guy actors that you keep looking at and going, why isn't this guy more well-known? But he's pretty well-known. He was born on September 25th, 1963, in Tenafly, New Jersey, and appeared in the film Space Camp in 1986. From there, he did appearances in TV shows like Family Ties, Hill Street Blues, Magnum P.I., played a recovering alcoholic in the Michael Keaton film Clean and Sober in 1988, was First Lieutenant Luke Sinclair in Memphis Belle in 1990, Starred opposite Sandra Bullock in Love Potion No. 9 in 1992. Was in episodes of Tales from the Crypt, Partners, and Homicide Life on the Street. Appeared in the film Murder at 1600. Before voicing the title role of Disney's Hercules in 1997. As well as in various other Disney projects that needed the voice of Hercules. Including the Hercules TV show he would do 65 episodes of that show. He would appear in the TV series Ally McBeal, Friends, and Godzilla, the series, as well as films like Swordfish, The Legend of Tarzan, and The Pacifier. In 2005, he would appear in the George Clooney Academy Award-nominated Good Night and Good Luck. Would appear in 39 episodes of The O.C. from 2003 to 2006, in which he would direct a few episodes as well. He'd be in episodes of Law & Order: Criminal Intent, Nancy Drew, The Cleaner, and 39 episodes of Damages opposite Glenn Close from 2007 to 2010. He was in the Academy Award-winning film Argo, directed by Ben Affleck in 2012, in the TV series Hostages, as well as the TV miniseries 24 and Live Another Day in 2014. In 2015, he was in two episodes of Master of Sex, was in the downbeat drama Manchester by the Sea in 2016, the high concept Man in the High Castle in 2016, Rocket Man in 2019, Tuscaloosa in 2019, and is currently can be seen in the Paul Giamatti film The Holdovers. Susan Farrell Egan was born on February 18th, 1970, in Seal Beach, California, where she attended Los Alamitos High School and the co-located Orange County High School of the Arts. Having long desired to become a performer, Egan spent most of her time taking dance, concentrating on ballet and singing lessons as a child, and trained as a competitive figure skater from ages five to 10. She started her career touring with the performance group, The Young Americans. While attending UCLA, Egan took time off when Tommy Toon cast her as Kim in his touring production of Bye Bye Birdie. After the tour ended, she was cast in the tour of State Fair and then won the coveted role of Belle in the original Broadway cast of Beauty and the Beast, where she was nominated for the Tony Award and the Drama Desk Award. In film and television, you can see her in The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat in 1995. She was in two episodes of Almost Perfect, voiced Meg in Hercules, was in Man of the Century in 1991, Galaxy Quest in 1999, Two episodes of The Drew Carey Show, an episode of NYPD Blue in 2002, as well as Arliss that year. She appeared in the film 13 Going on 30 in 2004, did a guest appearance on the TV series Numbers in 2005, as well as the TV series House in 2009, and The Simpsons in 2021. Kid, I'm trying to talk to you. Will you come down here and listen? Uh, How can I come down there when I'm feeling so... Having discovered that Meg is working for Hades, Phil tries to warn Hercules.
2: Listen to me, she's a dream come true. Uh, not exactly. More beautiful than Aphrodite. I, aside the from most that, she's wonderful. She's a, she's a
0: fraud! This causes a rift between Hercules and Phil. Stop it! No good, lions! Shut up! Hades shows up.
2: Jeez Louise, what got his goat, huh? Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing?
0: Hades threatens Hercules and Meg.
2: Not so fast, because you see, I do have a little leverage you might want to know about.
1: Meg! Don't listen to her!
2: Let her go! Here's the dread-on. You give up your strength for about 24 hours, okay? Say the next... 24 hours. Meg okay, here is free as a bird and safe from harm. We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come
0: on. Herc agrees, and Hades lays it out for Herc. Once Hercules on. loses his power for 24 hours, provided Meg is unharmed. You've got
2: to swear she'll be safe from any harm. Fine, okay. I'll give you that one. Meg is safe. Otherwise, you get your strength right back. Yada yada. Fine print boilerplate. Boom, boom. Okay? We're done. What do you say we're shaking?
0: Like? Hades heads out to take over Olympus from Zeus.
2: <sighs> got to blaze. There's a whole cosmos up there waiting for me. Well, hey, my name on
0: it. Now we are barreling into the finale. Hades enlists the aid of the Titans, who Zeus enslaved to take power in Olympus. They aren't the brightest bulbs on the tree.
2: Uh, guys? Uh, Olympus would be that way. The
0: Titans are attacking Olympus, and it looks like they are going to win because Hercules agreed to lose his powers for 24 hours, as long as no harm befalls Meg. I am
2: home! Hades, you're behind! This, you are correct, sir.
0: But of course Meg is unintentionally injured.
1: Hercules, look out! Meg! No!
0: Which of course gives Herc his strength back. What's
2: happening?
1: Hades' deal is broken.
0: Hercules and Pegasus attack.
1: I... To
2: Hades, when I get out of that, am the one giving orders now, Bolt Boy, and I think I'm gonna like it here.
0: Don't get too comfortable, Hades. <laughs> Hercules, this ought to even the odds. Hades and the Titans are defeated, but Hades goes after Meg. Woo-hoo!
2: Thanks a ton, Wonder Boy. But at least I've got one swell consolation prize: a friend of yours who's dying to see me.
0: <laughs> Meg's lifeline is cut by the fates, and she is sent to the underworld.
1: Meg. Meg, no.
0: But Hercules agrees to trade his life for hers.
2: You like making deals. Take me in Meg's place. hmm. The son of my hated rival, trapped forever in a river of death. Going once. Is there a downside to this? Going twice. Okay, 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 okay. You get her out. She goes. You stay.
0: Hercules saves Meg.
2: What's the matter with you, sister? The thread won't cut.
0: Because in sacrificing himself, he showed the one thing that would turn him back into a god. All is well. Hades has been defeated. Phil's reputation is redeemed. And Hercules and Meg are together. Time for a final song. Get it,
1: ladies? Yeah. gonna shout it from the mountaintops. A star is born. It's the time for pulling out the stars. A star is born. Honey, it is with a high.
0: The end. Post-script. Walt Disney Pictures debuted Hercules in a two-week exclusive run for the grand reopening of the New Amsterdam Theater on 42nd Street in New York City, preceding it with a stage review. The opening promoted the theater, which subsequently hosted long runs of Broadway theatrical versions of The Lion King, and Mary Poppins. The film was deemed a success as it was expected to grow somewhere around $150 million, but ended up grossing $250 million. It would garner one Academy Award nomination for best song for Go the Distance, but would not win. The Spice Girls were originally approached to portray the muses following an invitation to sing one of the songs, but declined the offer due to scheduling conflicts. According to Josh Keaton, who voiced Young Hercules, he was also originally supposed to provide Young Hercules' singing voice on Go the Distance, and he had finished recording it with the full orchestra. However, upon listening to Keaton's take on the song, the filmmakers decided that his singing voice was too pop and lacked the musical theatery sound of Disney songs at the time. Thus, Keaton's recording of the song was discarded, and Roger Bart was drafted to do the singing instead. The role of Hades is one of James Wood's all-time favorite characters, so much so that anytime Disney needs him to reprise the character for any cartoon show and video game, he has agreed to do so. When this film was about to go over budget, he offered to refund his salary and finish the film for free. Disney declined his offer. Hades was scripted as a slow, menacing character until James Wood took the role and impressed the crew with his rapid-fire style. Even after the script was rewritten, Woods ad-libbed many lines. Hades says the line, Relax, it's only halftime, at the exact middle of the movie. At one point, Phil cleans himself using a lion's skin. If you look closely, the skin is Scar from The Lion King. At one point during I Won't Sam in Love, the muses sing while appearing as Marble Bus, and they are in the same arrangement as the singing bus in the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland and Disney World. During production, Meg was originally given a ballad titled, I Can't Believe My Heart, but Ken Duncan, the supervising animator of Meg, pointed out the song was out of character for her. So Alan Menken and David Zippel would later compose, I Won't Say I'm in Love. While the story of Hercules' birth and adoption in the film is not true to the myth, it does mirror the story of Oedipus, who is referenced several other times throughout the film. Oedipus was abandoned on a mountainside, much like how Hercules was in this film. And baby Oedipus is found by a local farmer and raised by him and his wife. In the Disneyverse, Meg was implied to have become immortal through her marriage to Hercules due to the fact there were originally a planned sequel where Hebe, the goddess of youth, was their daughter. Eventually, Disney produced a straight-to-video follow-up titled Hercules, Zero to Hero, and also had a Hercules TV show on the Disney Channel for two seasons, which focused on the time that Hercules was training to be a hero. Tate Donovan, James Wood, Matt Furrer, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and Samantha Egger would all reprise the roles from the film for the TV series. Susan Egan would show up for two episodes out of the 65 to play Meg. The Hydra is rendered in CGI unlike the rest of the movie, which is in hand-drawn animation. This was done as it would have been incredibly difficult to draw each head individually. Next time, it's our 50th podcast celebration featuring...
2: 20th Century Fox and George Lucas bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Stop that ship! Blast!
1: my, I've forgotten how much I hate space travel.
2: Here they come. They're coming in too fast! The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance.
0: This station
1: is now the ultimate power in the universe. i come with you to
2: Alderaan. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father.
1: It's a spectacle, light years
2: ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes.
1: Good luck! Hit the accelerator! Yahoo!
2: And villains. <coughs> and aliens from a thousand worlds. Go that way! You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you know, scrap pile. billion years in the making the force will be with you always
0: and that's what's coming up next on the Bank of Marquis movie podcast if you'd like to reach out to us email us at bankofmarquis at gmail.com that's b-a-n-k-o-f m-a-r-q-u-i-s at gmail.com check out the website, www.bankofmarquist.com. And until next time...
1: I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching.